Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Fried fam, you know how much I love keeping it real and sharing true, deep, and dark stories about life and burnout. You also know, if you've been around for a while, that I have never had a quote-unquote real job because I've been an entrepreneur since the day I finished school. And entrepreneurship can be lonely. That's why if you're an entrepreneur or a creative like me, I want you to listen to the Who Made You the Boss podcast with Lindsay Epperly. With deep dives into imposter syndrome, honesty about bank accounts and life drama, and stories about the fallacy of balancing it all, Lindsay and Who Made You the Boss make the world of entrepreneurship more real, more connected, and less lonely. I recommend starting with episode three, all about slowing down for more impact. You can thank me later. Hey, Fried fans, are you ready to beat burnout for good? I want you to join our newsletter for top tips, resources, and, as per usual, a touch of humor delivered straight to your inbox. Plus, when you do that, you'll get our core values exercise, which is your secret weapon to kickstart your burnout recovery and then keep it away long term. Don't wait. Head to bit.ly forward slash core values freebie and start feeling better today. That link will also be in the show notes. You're listening to Season 6 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture, to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out, and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. Hello, Fried fam. There is a group of people that I rely on month by month as the months go by. Um, They are my burnout brigade. We are the burnout brigade together. And we are working to, we're all working towards the same goals and we help support each other. And so today I get to introduce you to one of them. And so I'm very excited about that today. We are going to be chatting with Lauren Baptiste, who is radically shifting contemporary work culture toward prioritizing emotional, physical, and mental health. An executive wellness coach, international speaker, and corporate well-being consultant, Lauren is tackling the pervasive issue of burnout by guiding today's workforce toward embracing wellness practices at home and in the office. After working 11-plus years at a big four accounting firm and personally experiencing burnout firsthand, Lauren launched, I always say this wrong, I think. Go, let's try it. Akaloa Wellness. 
Perfect. See, with a mission of empowering professionals to break through the detrimental effects of stress, Lauren brings her her experience, I wanted to say expertise, but that works the same, as a practitioner of Ayurveda, hormonal health, and other healing modalities, alongside her knowledge of corporate culture, transforming burnout to balance, joy, and high-performing productivity. Lauren, we met. Tell this story. (laughs) This is my favorite. (laughs) Lauren and I went to an Elevate event, which is a women's networking event, and it was in the city and it was about burnout. Was it about burnout? I don't even remember. I don't remember. (laughs) And we got sat into like, they were like split into two groups. We're going to have two different discussions and then we'll come together as a bigger group after. It was like in-person breakout rooms in Zoom, basically. So Lauren sat down, I sat down right beside her. And then we were going around introducing ourselves and it was like, well, I'm a burnout coach. And I was like, what? No, I'm a burnout coach. And then we were best friends forever. That's how I remember each other. Is that how you remember? I think it it was like, you know, what's funny. I think the event was something about, it wasn't like burnout, but it was like, you know, hardworking women making it work kind of thing. So it wasn't about burnout, but it was like essentially in the shadow of burnout. And then there were these other women leading it. And then both of us like rolled up our sleeves. (laughs) We're like, okay, okay, okay. And then we just had fun. And that was the best magic ever since it's been in love ever since and a couple of years ago when i released my book i did a crowdfunding campaign um, because releasing a book and self-publishing a book seems like you would just write a book and then post it on amazon but that is not how it goes it costs about ten thousand dollars by the time all, all is said and done so i ran a crowdfunding campaign so that i could get my book out into the world and Lauren, as my new friend, was the very first person to contribute to the crowdfunding campaign. So thank you for that. I have your book right here and the <laughs> journal on like my star bookshelf. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So your burnout story, which amazingly, I don't actually know that much about. And I was going to read it because I know that I have access to it. And I decided uh-huh. not to because I wanted to to sit here and listen. So I'm going to sit back, give you the stage, let you tell your story, and we'll see what happens from there. Let's go. Well, thank you for creating this space. I'm always just in awe of your fried fam. And I'm in awe of you and what you've continued to do and how this has grown so beautifully. And I appreciate that I can hopefully impact one person um, with the story that I had to prevent one person from going to a hospital, to prevent one person from feeling what I felt. Um, so let's do this. Let's, let's share. do it. So I am almost coming on my 10 year burn anniversary. Um, is that a, I, I yes. like this. Okay. Yes. So it was, uh, it was February 13th, 2013. I was, coming off of, so I worked at a big four accounting firm. I was originally in one practice. I was in the audit practice for those of you who are accountants or CPAs. And I shifted into a consulting practice thinking it was more fun. It's more sexy. It's more travel because I, let's be honest, I was already burnt out before I made that transition. But I think what happened was my expectations were thought change would create would make all my problems go away. Mm. So for me, I transferred in late January of 2013 into this new practice. And normally when you transfer from one group to another, there's like a formal training. They teach you their new ropes You because it's a completely new job. 
the way that things were, there was no time for training. So they took little Lauren, they put her on the project and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going on. I went from sitting at a computer doing Excel spreadsheets to minutes, PowerPoint presentations, traveling Monday mornings, flying back Friday nights, week over week over week. And so I already had, what do they say? The smoke before the fire, right? There was already a lot of smoke and I quickly, right within a month from late Jan to, to three weeks, actually, let's February 2013, that I went from a place where my body shut down, um, where I was hoping for, I was hoping for better. I found um, really hard deadlines and turnarounds where I thought like fun, sexy travel. I was like literally sharing a car, every meal breakfast, lunch, and dinner with people that I didn't know that didn't fully respect me that I was just trying to figure out. Um, and so I'm sitting at dinner with them after a long day, it was like our only break of the day. And, um, out of nowhere, we're eating dinner and I'm like checking my like arm and they're like, you have like some like rash on your face or something. And I'm like, what? And I noticed that I had rashes like on my arm. And so I'm just looking at my body and I'm like, that's weird. I must be breaking out in hives. Like I must be having some kind of allergic reaction. And everyone's like, it must be the dinner. I had fish for dinner that night. I'm vegetarian now, but it's good. But so we went to this place where I was like, okay, like I must be having an allergic attack. I should go to the hospital. And because I don't get hives, I don't break out like that. I don't have allergies that I'm aware of. Um, my boss told me, take your computer with you. Now it was already after dinner. And I said, okay, because I knew we had work to do. And meanwhile, I was even feeling a little bit in my throat. And like, that was the triage that gave me like the red rope into the hospital in the ER where I got right in because once you can't breathe, like you're in. So I went to the hospital, they let me right in, they admitted me, they gave me all the Benadryls, all the things. My burnout went away for a moment. It took a couple hours. By the time all the things happened, I got out of the hospital 2 a.m. And at 2 a.m., I emailed my team because I wanted an email with a timestamp that said, guys, I just got out of the hospital now. I guess I'll see you in the morning. And um, the next morning, we get to the office. They're like, how are you? And I'm like, I think I'm okay. Like I'm on, I had Benadryl and what, you know, medical grade Benadryl. And then right when we got to the office, we're unpacking our computers out of our bags. And my boss goes, so what did you get done last night? And I just, my body head to toe hives. I like excused myself. I went to the bathroom. I like lifted my shirt. This time it was like all over me. It was like all over my face, like all up and down my body. And I was like, okay, well, I was supposed to fly home today. I had a date that night, Valentine's Day. And instead I was went to the hospital again. And it was in that moment where the new doctor came in and he goes, are you stressed? And I go, yeah, why? And he's like, all right, give me a little bit. He turns on the TV. He's like, do you like HGTV? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, watch this for a few. I'll be right back. An hour later, hives were gone. I learned something new about some kind of housing project. And I learned that day that I had burnout. The doctor came back. He said to me like, Lauren, you're dealing with stress. You need to change something. 
Otherwise, you're going to come back to me with much bigger problems one day. And that was my moment of like, wow, I don't know if we're cursing right now, but I would be. Holy shit. Yes. (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit. So hives is something that has come up a few times on the podcast. It's like definitely not the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, This is in Chinese medicine. The lungs are responsible for the skin and they represent grief and boundaries. So this idea that your boundaries were unable to be maintained and that in order to create a bigger boundary, your body just went, fuck off all y'all in big red welts is fascinating to me from from that perspective, from the Chinese medicine perspective. But I want to just, I just want to point out a, a couple of small factors for people that definitely didn't miss these factors, but need to listen to them again. You were on your way to the hospital and your boss said, take your computer. That's yep. number one. The next day, there was an expectation that as of 8 a.m., you were going to be clear and good and ready to go. After being in the hospital the day before. This is a cultural problem in our country. It is very easy to take a sick day in Europe. Some places require a doctor's note but most only if you're going to be out for multiple days at a time. And doctor's notes are not that hard to get. And people generally don't want you at the office when you're sick. So after being there for so long and then coming back here and realizing that people weren't, aren't exaggerating about this was one of the things that was shocking to me. I burnt out even being able to take time off and I didn't have a boss anyway, so that was fine. But the fact that this is real blew my mind because most of my adult life I was in Europe. So this is like, this makes me so angry and it's so normal. So normal. I can't tell you for how long I harbored anger for the person. Yeah. But it's harboring anger for the system. And that's why we're here, you know, and it's like this. And for your own agreement to be functioning in the system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My complicit, like, you know, complacency and complicitness with like the idea of like, sure, bag yeah. and toe. Reasonable. Working from computer in waiting room. Clearly. One hand on my throat, the other hand in like writing an email. Yeah. Yeah. The other hand on like A Blackberry. Know, yeah. Shift bold. So. <laughs> What did you do after that? Like the doctor, first of all, thank God you got that doctor. Yeah. Because you could have had, this is a a moment of preservation that was gifted to you. Right. Completely agree. So you got that doctor, thank goodness. And most of the time, that's not enough for people to make a decision to do things differently. Was it for you? For the most part. So I will say, of course, there's the part of a lot of us, I can imagine that's like, brush it off. You know, I, for me, the concern, it was Valentine's Day. I wanted to fly home. I wanted to go on my date. I did, gratefully. 
that guy's my husband now. So it worked out. <laughs> it wasn't a good date. I'll tell you that. It was just a weird date because I was burned out. I was in the hospital that morning. It was, it was an emotional experience that honestly, burnout wasn't a diagnosable disease in 2013. It's still not. It's a diagnosis, right. but it, you know, right. It's an occupational hazard. It's not even a disease. Right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's closer. At least people respect it's a word. Burnout was not a word. It, it is a word and there is a definition, albeit incomplete. Mm. Um, I wonder if they're going to end up throwing it under like depression or something Some at some point. Yeah, I don't think it is depression, but you know, yeah, exactly. I could, we could, the research is just not great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll but I'm like grateful that. for where it is. You know, yeah, I made yeah, an analogy 100%. that like in a, in a small town in order to put up a traffic light, I think it's like in the state of Idaho, it needs like 43 and please don't fact check me, but it's something like that accidents at that cross section in that state to put up a red light. Within probably a certain period of time as well. Yep. Yeah. And here we are, like, how many times do we have to have people burnt out? The thing, it's sneaky, right? Like you said, hives, a couple of us, so many different issues. And that yeah. was, that was the light for me that turned on when I can see someone experiencing early onset diabetes, hives for me someone who's infertile trying to have a kid for who knows how long because yeah. they keep working someone who lost their vision because they didn't stop they didn't get off their computer for three consecutive days like no joke yeah yeah i've heard of vision loss too i had a, <clears throat> um, one of the podcast guests lost vision in an eye one whole yeah. eye vision gone right it came, it came back mostly but now it's her red flag symptom. When she's overly stressed, that eye will start to blur. Right? It's like still part of her experience. Oh, yeah. I would have to say we're all in recovery forever. Yeah, yeah I agree. I it's agree. like turning on a light switch. It's that easy to like be burnt out again. Yeah, I think... Um, I think now the difference for me compared to 2016 and, you know, the six years before that where I had no idea what was going on. I think the difference for me now is that I'm not afraid of it. Mm. I don't hold any fear around it because I am pretty sure that I'll catch it. And even if I don't, I am pretty okay with what I need to do to get out of it. And it's get outable. There are some disease processes that are not get outable. Mm -hmm. Right. And burnout is get is get outable. I might need some support. I'd probably get a coach and a therapist and do some functional medicine. And but it's get outable. And I think that that's like at when it happened to me the first time, I wasn't sure of that truth because I had felt like shit for so long that I was like, I'm gonna feel like this forever. Like there's no way that I'm ever going to feel like a person who has energy and power and can exercise. And, you know, a year and a half later, I did a six day trip through Northern Finland on cross country skis. Right. But I didn't understand that that was possible. Mm. 
So now I do. So I don't, I, I think that the lack of fear is a big part of it, but I think this is a, a good thing to to ask you because I have my own thoughts about this, but when it comes to say cancer, 33% of all cancers are preventable if people take advantage of lifestyle medicine, basically, if they well-being, take care of themselves, exercise, don't smoke, et cetera. That means 67% of cancers are like still going to happen kind of no, no matter what you do. There's a big push towards burnout prevention right now. And I think there's a there's a push towards cancer prevention. And I think that everybody should do everything that they can within there. But do you think burnout is completely avoidable? No. I don't either. Okay. Why why do you think that? Can you tell me more of your well, thoughts? As a good friend of mine and someone who's seen me over the past six months, once a month, I was burnt out. I've been burnt out. And I am recovering from burnt out, burnt out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What did it look like? It was very different this time. Yeah. I wasn't afraid of it this time. So to answer your first question, maybe five minutes ago, you know, did I get, was I like clear out of it? Like, you know, was that my moment and my come to Jesus and I came out of it? Yes and no. Um, Yes, because I decided that day was my rock bottom, but the journey ahead, I had no idea. I didn't know how to ask my for help. I didn't raise my hand. I didn't know what burnout was in a word. Right. So what did you do? Um, So I went into a spiral Mm. and then I started my first business (laughs) and it was (laughs) because I'm a doer. Any doers out there listening to this, learning how to be, and it is hard. Um, More on that. More on that to come. Fried fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. So it uh, it was hard because, you know, let's let's be honest when we have that moment and I, I was talking to the doctor and I realized things are hard. I didn't know how to live any other way. It was yeah. scary. I thought, you know, the doctor saying like, in some way I, I heard as I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not enough. Like, okay, it is my work. He proved to me like my biggest fear is that like my work is like killing me. And like, I 
I'm not fully showing up for it the way that I need to, to excel. Like that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. When you give up everything else, just like I was a division one athlete. I was, you know, so I, I ran, I was healthy. I had a life beyond work, but I knew in those first formidable years of, of corporate, it's like kill or be killed. And I didn't realize that I was the one killing myself. Mm. This time around, very different to your point. Like there's no fear in it. I have all the tools. Yeah. And um, without the awareness, without the tools, without the team or the community, I would say I could have gone into a black hole again. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I didn't still try to do. I didn't still try to push through. It doesn't mean I still didn't try to like figure it out, but like I needed a lot of space. I need, and in that there was this first moment where like, you know, there are some, right. There were in points of our life where we just have to go through it. And then your body catches up. And that's where like, you know, I had a few months of like a lot of personal shift, a lot of like, um, pressures and personal pressures this time, not professional. Cause now I was like, I have all of the like security system. If there's any professional burnout, like I have an eye twitch, I have a thing, like I have my own like warning signs, Yeah, but personal, Oh wait, you could burn out from your personal life. Right. Oh, I thought it was like personal life piles on to your professional life, which is often who comes to comes into my door. Yeah. As a coach. But when personal is driving the burnout, oh, that's weird. But and there's like half the people out there that are like, it's not weird. It's not weird. That's what happened to me. You know, like it's not it's it's not not weird, weird, but it's not included in the definition yet. Yes. And that's where it's no longer just an occupational hazard. Right. It's like living in today's like world. It's like the fine print. Yeah. So when did, when and how, I guess, did Ayurveda become a part of this story? Mm. Ayurveda joined the story as I was trying to solve my own burnout. Mm went into positive. So when I went into my spiral, what got me out was positive psychology. Sir Ken, uh, even Sir Ken Rod's robbing, what's his name? Robbins. Uh, everybody is going to be like, yeah, and I know his name. He's an amazing educator. He writes about passion and purpose and education and I love him and Ted talks. And that was like a 10 year ago thing that I just like was climbing. That was like one rung on the ladder, like, okay, pull up smart people who are like perceived happy and have science behind happiness. Great. Okay. But I, my story wasn't just hives, you know? And so my background in Ayurveda, the skin is a, like you said, a boundary protector and it was an infiltrator. So it was beautiful as I started to see my own symptoms of burnout. I had um, cystic acne. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of other things that like were the smoke before the fire as well that I was like, oh, I just have a weird menstrual cycle. I just have cystic acne. I just, that's just my story. Um, but I always wanted to solve my acne. And like for my own vanity purposes, but then as I started to go deeper in the sciences, I was like, oh, 
where it's on my face is a symptom of things going on in my other, in the rest of my body. And this is connected to that. And hives is a heat thing. And there's also a heat thing related to acne and there, how it comes and goes. And, and then that's how I found Ayurveda. And then that like blew open the beautiful can of worms of like, it's your body and your mind and your soul. And I was like, wait, what's a soul? And then that's when I ended up in India from work and yoga and then Ayurveda just like landed there. And it was like, for me, my nexus of all the good things. Wait, what's a soul makes me laugh. It's like, that's the thing you were selling to stay in corporate life. (laughs) That's the thing I sold. Exactly. I love it. So So you find Ayurveda, you're going through this process. Are you working? Full time. Full time. Yeah. My first business rose and fell while I was working. Um, everything was full time working. And then slowly, you know, going from full time to part time, which is like a whole other podcast, whole other story. If anyone has any questions, I'm always happy to answer those because I'm like, we all got to get out. If we're looking to get out, we don't all need to get out. But if we're looking to get out, we need to figure out a way to do it pragmatically. Sometimes there's that like, just go and like, you know, rip all the band-aids and like run free into the field. And I'm like, you know, that's not realistic for a lot of us. Like we need to have small steps. And it's been, I, I like am so shocked that I'm about to hit 10 years since I burnt out. Because in that moment, I wanted to quit my job that day. I wanted to leave and never go back. And I wanted to like put up my middle finger to all these people and say like, I'm done with corporate. I don't need you. And now I couldn't be happier supporting people in corporate because I realized that like, I wasn't the only one that got burned. Yeah. And this let's go into this sort of shifting out of things in a more gracious way. I always tell people to uh, plan a gracious exit strategy. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just means ensuring enough safety for yourself that the change isn't going to be another burnout driver. Yes. That's one piece of it for me. And the other piece of it for me is... When you have the ability to take time off, I'm like, all for it. Cool. Take time off. The problem there is that you don't get to practice any of the skills that you need to recover because you are not in the situations that you're going to need to be able to handle. And maybe some of the situations will change. Maybe you'll have your own business instead of a corporate, maybe, but there's still situations. Mm. So staying in your job, if it's not totally toxic, can be a better way through, I think, sometimes because you have to practice things in real life. You have to put things into place right now. I I see one of the biggest issues in burnout is people being like, oh my God, I have to go back to work. I don't know how. Hmm. That's a really big problem. So what? how do people plan well for an exit strategy? What are what do they need to do? What are the pieces? What what should they be thinking about? Yeah, I love this. I don't think it's talked about enough, to be honest, the way that you're, you know, you're sharing it. And I think the biggest thing for the person in burnout is how do I 
relieve myself of this suffering as fast as possible. But also the duality of I can't move. Like even though we are moving, we're doing yeah. our job, we're showing up, like there's this stuck, um, a fog, uh, an inability to see the forest through the trees, that kind of thing. But then also being like, get me out of this as fast as possible. And I think that spectrum leaves us burnt out longer mm. than accepting this may take time. You know, a lot of times we all just burnt out or not. It's like we live in the Amazon two-day prime world. I want instant gratification. I want instant burnout relief. I want instant, you know, and this is why we have counterproductive coping mechanisms, right? This is why we're drinking. This is why we're shopping. This is why we're not doing the healthy things to serve ourselves. But when I think of an exit strategy from burnout, it's understanding that it took years to get into this and it can take years to get out of it before you lose hope before you hit pause before you go to the next episode right it there are things you can do today that can also have you on the path to recovery to feeling better instantly not 100 percent, but you can have relief immediately there are things that are scientifically backed that can help you. But it's like the exit strategy is choosing when it takes small steps incrementally every day for as many days as it takes because the thought is I'm going to get out of this. And if I get into it again, I know how to get out of this. So one of the things that comes up a lot, and this is sort of the same paradox that you're talking about now, and something that came up twice this week in the Facebook group. And I had to go in both times and say, well, uh, people say, well, I'm burnt out. I have three weeks off. How do I make this really productive? <laughs> How do I make these three weeks off really productive? I'm like, do well, well. <laughs> so what you're saying is in order for any sort of exit strategy from an office or exit strategy from burnout recovery, the first steps are slow it down, come to some level of acceptance, do what's possible while understanding that Rome wasn't built in a day. Was that a good summary? Love it. All right. So then you said, there are some science-backed things that you can do to feel better immediately. And everybody's ears were like, well, tell us what they are. <laughs> so tell us what they are. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it a little different because I'm sure, you know, this podcast, we're on season six, yeah. right? We're like 200 yeah. episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we've heard it all. But I actually do want to bring in Ayurveda here because I think what it's going to help do is put a new, a, a, a different lens on it, right? We all like to see rose-colored glasses. You know, now my husband has these like orange ones. It's like the 70s are back. It's cool. So let's talk about different shades. Um, so if you've never heard of Ayurveda before, it's like the traditional Chinese medicine from an Indian lineage. The Indian lineage. That's the way I explain it. It's they say somewhere from 3,500 years old to 5,000 years old. So we've got some data. It goes back. And the idea is it goes way back. It meets us here where we are today. And it's going to meet us in the future. And there are some things, while a lot has changed in 3,000 plus years, 
there are some things that just don't change. And for us, we also have to keep in mind that, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, we have body mind types and it blew my mind when I learned that. And, and when we talk about health, the way Ayurveda speaks to it is it's actually Ayur meaning life, Veda meaning knowledge. So it's like the study of life, the study of longevity. Now, they don't use the word stress in any of the sacred texts, but they're always alluding to it, which is I find fascinating. You know, you don't find burnout in there, but they're talking about how do you prolong your life? And there are, you know, even as you mentioned, like slowing down is like this idea. There are qualities that we're like always dealing with in each season, in each time, like season of the year, season, the time in our life season in our work, busy season, you know, there's always these like seasons. So when we talk about reducing stress, what we're really talking about are qualities that are like medicine to us. I'm going to say some generic things that like we can all try on. But the reality is there is like not one thing that I'm going to say that like, everybody, it's going to have like wide application. We know this, right? Even for some of us, we hate journaling. Some of us, we love journaling, like gratitudes, you know, like maybe it is scientifically backed, but I hate doing that, like, you know, to each their own. And I get that. But one thing that comes up that I've seen over and over again is, you know, speed is one thing, right? And we talk about that. We're all in a go, go, go. And like, we can say this a million times, we have to slow down. We have to find ways that we can do that. It might not be obvious that how we slow down, but even taking five extra minutes on our commute, leaving 10 minutes earlier before we start our day, doing little things like that to create a little bit more space so it doesn't feel as frenetic can make a huge difference. Even the first thing in the morning, right? A lot of us like to wake up with just amount enough time to shower, to grab their coffee, to get in the car and to get to where they need to go. Maybe it's just walking to your laptop these days. I don't know. But if you can create space in your morning, you can actually keep your energy as it's bell curving and like kind of growing. It will actually do what it's supposed to do versus if you answer emails in bed and you're looking at your bed email, you know, first thing in the morning, it's as if you're inviting all those people into your bedroom in your jammies with your weird hair. And like telling everybody to like raising hand emoji guilty. <laughs> like imagine you actually just got out of bed. Yeah. And they say in Ayurveda, the things that we do from the first moment we get out of bed, ideally we want to either get up at sunrise or to call it more modern Ayurveda, just to call it a certain time. Cause we love to have like data 6am, 6am is the time, <laughs> but ideally it's, it's sunrise. But what we want to do is like roll out of bed, put our feet on the floor and like say a prayer, a gratitude, a mo take a moment of space and slowness that you're alive today. You mentioned cancer and my dog's going through cancer right now. And, um, you know, every morning I sing a song to him that just like how lucky I am that he's in my life today. And it sounds so funny, but like for me, it's like, it's such a beautiful ritual to be present. And so we, that, how long does that take to put your feet on the floor, feel your feet press into the earth, feel the earth press into your feet and say, thank you. 
Okay. And then grab your phone. And if you don't Pick have, in. thank you in you. What do you, what can you, what else can you say? Some people don't have thank you in them right now. That's fine. Take a big inhale through the nose and a big sigh out of your mouth. Take a moment and see what you feel. That's your answer. Okay. Could be no word. It could be excitement. It could be joy. It could be even anger, right? Like, oh, I don't want to go to work. Disappointment. There's all the feelings. But you can just sit with that for a moment. And then it, it's a gift that you get to feel. Practicing feeling is critical. There was a quote that I read yesterday, and I wish I could remember it. Or I wish I could remember exactly where to find it because that would be just as good. <laughs> I was but but probably I'm like, was it on Quest Love's Instagram account? I think it was. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. But it was basically something about understanding that you can, you you need to create space to feel things and not avoid your life. And at the same time, you can't put up with bullshit. You know, like both of those things are true. Oh, a sign of growth is having more tolerance for discomfort, but it's also having less tolerance for bullshit. And the origin of that quote is Corey Muscara, um, but uh, but it was posted on Quest Loves um, because, of course, I follow Quest Love. um, Is posted on Quest Loves Instagram page. Um, So this this idea to me that creating space to be okay with discomfort. I think is a huge part of burnout recovery. And then we're back to this idea of like, if you're able to take time off and recover, that's really cool, but you're eliminating a lot of your discomfort and you, or there's some level of discomfort that is always going to be present in life that we're going to have to face because sometimes your dog has cancer and that's just fucking uncomfortable. No, no mm. matter which way you slice it. And it's not always about a stress that came from a job or anything Mm -hmm. else, but it's this thing that you have to face that's not comfortable and learning how to be present with that instead of falling back on coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. To blur it, to numb it, to forget about it, to distract it. And let me tell you, a lot of us probably who are listening Again, I keep saying this like word doer, like it can be easy to just work instead. And that's where it starts to pile. I do want to give a few more nugs or nuggets. Do it, do it, do it. I'm here for it. Because I feel like, you know, I want to serve the peeps. We have so Um, much time. Okay, good. Love it. So another thing, so we're going through our morning, Ayurveda talks to the morning being like a really special time. So as much time as you're willing to commit to it and give to it, when I what I like to say is like, I like to make as much space as two hours, but in reality, sometimes I only have 15 minutes and I need to know what's going to work for me in both scenarios. So I have a bag of tricks, um, where, you know, we talk about this. So one is like getting up with gratitude. That is a one minute thing. And again, use whatever word of gratitude or thank you, or just exhale works for you. Next one, I like to go through the day. So one thing to keep in mind, the way Ayurveda says is, well, two things, about 86 to 87 disease, uh, 87% of disease comes from the GI tract, meaning what we put in our mouth and how it comes out of us 
is where disease begins and then it starts to spread from there. Um, another you know, fact that backs that up is 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are for stress-related health concerns. So I take those two stats and what does that tell me? Stress is bringing me in for some reason and likely it's coming through because of like the way I'm taking care of myself, my digestion. Little things that we can do that don't seem so related to my burnout, but are just those little small steps forward when you get out of bed, scrape your tongue, get that gunk, white, whatever off your tongue and out of your body. It takes 30 seconds, right? Like if we're you not are talking- going to your acupuncturist that day, please don't do this. We need to look at it. So it's part of your diagnosis. <laughs> Love that. Thank you. <laughs> side note, side note, side note, like scrape your tongue. Cool. Except for the day you're going to your acupuncturist. <laughs> Every other day, do that. Get it out of your system. So little things we could do, right? Warm uh, lime water helps like a Drano to the GI tract to stimulate a bowel movement. We want daily bowel movements because when we're holding waste, it's like it goes back into the blood system. It throws off our hormones, It, but it makes us feel bad. Like people are cranky because we're not going to the bathroom every day. We're stressed. We're holding crap. And likely we're holding emotional crap, work crap, physical crap. Like there's so, you know, we use the word ama and Ayurveda. It's just this idea of like toxicity that comes in from all the ways. So we need to like do these little things for our body, because if we can prep our body the best way possible, it does have an effect on our, our overall well-being. It does give us the best poker hand possible to win this game of burnout. Is it the only thing if you scrape your tongue every day, are you never going to have burnout? No, that's not true at all. You know, I mean, I'm like, is that a yes or no? I hate those questions. So I, I set myself up for failure. But like, don't trust that just scraping your tongue is going to do it every day, but it's going to help. And the last thing I will say, and I have a lot that I write about morning routines because I do believe in them and not for the person who like the early bird catches the worm do your thing. But the last thing that's really beneficial that I will say is uh, there's a tool called Abhyanga, which is self-massage. And we talked about the skin being like the portal between, you know, the barrier between you and your boss. You know, if you live in New York City, you step out or in any big city or anywhere, you could feel the energy of like leaving your house. There's like a barrier. And it's like the only thing to protect you is your skin. And so what they say is in the Vedas is that not only does it help create like a barrier between you and the world, not only does it make us, um, it tones the muscles, not only does it make us look more, look more youthful, but it also says it makes us more charming. So I'm like, you know what, we could all be a little more charming. We could all be a little bit more tone and it's free. You know, you buy the oil. It doesn't mean go get a professional massage every day. It means take 10 minutes to an hour, maybe if you have time on a Sunday and you want like a beautiful experience for your body, work the head down, grounding the body and like work the muscles and you can share appreciation for your body that you can walk or that you can write or that you can text and you can, you know, appreciate like this vehicle that lets your brain burn out. Like what an experience. How lucky am I? (laughs) <laughs> and I think it's important to note also that on from a neuroscience perspective, taking the time to groom yourself is an indicator 
for your nervous system that you're safe. There is no animal on the planet that grooms itself or is groomed by others, right? Because it's not always self-grooming. There is no animal that goes through its grooming processes when things are high stress and dangerous. So taking the time to groom when it feels good to you, when if you're putting on makeup every single day because you have to and it makes you angry, that's a whole separate thing. But taking the time to appreciate and take care of your physical body is a signal to your nervous system that you are safe. And if you've been around here long enough, you know that the number one ingredient for burnout recovery is safety. So taking this time not only benefits your skin and your digestion and your mental health and, 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 but it is a very clear signal to your nervous system and to your brain that life is calm enough right now and you are safe enough right now to have the time to do this. One of my, um, not it's not quite burnout yet, but one of my high stress markers is when I take really quick showers. If I'm, I can be in and out of the shower in 45 seconds. I will not wash my hair for a week. Don't even try me. But I'll go in like pits and bits, baby, and out, <laughs> right? When I do that more than once in a while, it's a signal to me that I'm more stressed out than I realize and I need to take some time and figure out what's going on. To me, that's a, that's a really quick sign. Like if I don't feel like... If I'm washing really quick and I don't feel like drying my hair and sort of all of these things start to fall to the wayside, I'm like, whoa, what's going on? If I have a hard time forcing myself to stay in the shower longer, I know that there's a problem. Right? So this grooming aspect uh, like, is just so important. Do you have a link to describing how to do an abhyanga or no. Mm -hmm. yeah, can you awesome. send it to us so that we can put it in the show notes so that people have something to reference for that? Because I think it will be yeah. helpful for people to have. It's not um, the easiest word to spell or nor is it the easiest thing to find if you don't know how to spell it. So I think it would be important for people to... What oils to use. Yeah, yeah exactly. Say, all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah all of 100%. that. That would be super helpful. Pride. That was so good. Pride fam. So good. Sometimes it can be simple to start. What Lauren is telling you right now is that if you just take a moment to yourself in the morning, even if the only thing you say is I'm up. Maybe you take a deep breath, you breathe out and you say, I'm up and that's all you can manage. That's okay. That's better than waking up and distracting yourself immediately. Put your feet down, feel the connection, take a moment, right? Have some lemon water, some lime water. Make sure you're setting yourself up for success. Do a self-massage. Like just when you can, give yourself three extra minutes if you have to. Three minutes sometimes is really all it takes. So starting off with small, simple things, even if the rest of your day goes haywire, you can still fall back on the idea that you started and did a couple things well.
And I think that that's incredibly important. Before we head out, Lauren, is there a, do you have a last message, something that you need people to hear, to understand? There's probably going to be, over the course of the first month, about 2,500 people listening to this. So if there's 25 people sitting in front of you right now and you needed them to know something, what would it be? For someone who is coming out of a burnout, three minutes of doing some of these things can seem like I still don't want to. And I want you to think about the lowest hanging fruit of the healthiest thing that you could do for yourself. You know, that doesn't mean grab a beer, but you know, like I'm not condoning open the fridge and grab, you know, something that's not going to serve you, but there are a lot of small things. And maybe some of the things I said landed, maybe they feel really hard. Um, But the beauty of the 200 plus episodes is that there's something here that has landed. And if it's just breathing, for a minute, if it's sitting on the toilet, because you're going to sit there at some point, if it's when you're taking your shower and you just have a moment, um, allow that to be enough. Allow what you can do to be enough and trust that it is enough. And that with that compassion, it is breeding compassion. It doesn't feel like it may be in the moment, but that is self-compassion it will build. And just like we said a few minutes ago, it's a small step that will move you to a bigger step that will move you to walking that will move you to running that will get you exactly where you want to go. But it doesn't happen overnight. And it may happen a couple times in your life. But thank goodness for Kate, please. What a resource. User. I do. (laughs) So that's why. We love you, you Kate. Use Thank Kate. you for this. Use Kate. We <laughs> love you. You're the best. Yeah. So we're back to this idea, Fried Fam, of small steps. I that somebody posted in the um, Facebook group recently that she was the person who was um, had two weeks off and was like, "I'm going to use this two weeks and cure my burnout." And when she said that, it was uh, she had joined the Facebook group, and I kind of wrote back and was like, "Well." <laughs> That might not be true. And she was really fresh, kind of frustrated by that information in the beginning. And then she just said, you know, you guys, listen, 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 and take the time. We're not talking out of our asses here. Lauren is not talking out of her ass. I'm not talking out of my ass. We have, between the two of us, nearly 20 years of experience working through this. And we're telling you to start by putting your feet on the ground. So if you are in this place where you are trying to make your burnout time, quote unquote, productive. I ask that you just hold it back a little. Just hold it back a a little. Just make things a little bit easier on yourself. Take smaller steps that are more likely to last. Because I don't want you to be here anymore. I want you to be, I want you to listen to Fried anyway, just because like you love it. But I don't want you to be burnt out anymore. I want you to be here with me, just not burnt out. And that wraps up 
yet another episode of Fried, the burnout podcast. Be gentle with yourselves, be good to yourselves, take small steps, and we'll see you in the Facebook group. Until next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Fried fam, you know how much I love keeping it real and sharing true, deep, and dark stories about life and burnout. You also know, if you've been around for a while, that I have never had a quote-unquote real job because I've been an entrepreneur since the day I finished school. And entrepreneurship can be lonely. That's why if you're an entrepreneur or a creative like me, I want you to listen to the Who Made You the Boss podcast with Lindsay Epperly. With deep dives into imposter syndrome, honesty about bank accounts and life drama, and stories about the fallacy of balancing it all, Lindsay and Who Made You the Boss make the world of entrepreneurship more real, more connected, and less lonely. I recommend starting with episode three, all about slowing down for more impact. You can thank me later. Hey, Fried fans, are you ready to beat burnout for good? I want you to join our newsletter for top tips, resources, and as per usual, a touch of humor delivered straight to your inbox. Plus, when you do that, you'll get our core values exercise, which is your secret weapon to kickstart your burnout recovery and then keep it away long term. Don't wait. Head to bit.ly forward slash core values freebie and start feeling better today. That link will also be in the show notes.